0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 48th episode of The Manor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Roger Bodie, joined as always with my best friend and other co-host, Michael Hamilton. Michael, did you know your friends can dance if they want to, and they can leave your other friends behind? Because if your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, while well, they're no friends of mine.
1: I have heard that before. It sounds very familiar.
0: Do you know what song that is? Uh, nope. What decade is that song from?
1: Yeah, I'd less likely to know that than the name than the name of the song. It's Safety Dance.
0: S S S S A You know? Nope. <laughs> well now you know. And now you okay. know how to dance safely as well. It's very important.
1: I think I just know if you don't dance, then they're no friends of yours.
0: What about yours? If your friends don't dance, will you still be friends with them?
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: I don't know. It's a pretty weird thing to be against. I don't know if I've ever met somebody <laughs> being like, "No, I refuse to dance, and nobody should dance."
1: I don't think just because you don't want to dance doesn't mean you don't let other people dance. You could be like, "I don't want to dance, but you can dance, and that's fine."
0: Well, th- if you're you've like, never seen "I think dancing is
1: evil," then maybe, uh, maybe I wouldn't be friends with you. But
0: dancing is not evil, so yeah, I'm referencing the other eighties media which is which is footloose where dancing is banned in a whole town and then patrick swayze has to free the whole town by dancing super good okay mm-hmm.
1: sure sounds like a movie with a premise it's,
0: a, it's a very 80s movie <laughs> so, so i would say that's not what this podcast is about today but spoilers we actually did not plan any specified topic or goal or direction for this podcast whatsoever. So the pro tour is in two weeks, basically from when we're recording this, or nine days, ten days. When's the pro? Oh, it's mm-hmm. like it's the eighteenth. It's 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 sometime in the near future, but it's far enough away that Michael and I can't go into specific details for either limited or classic instructed, because we're on a testing team, and anything that we share with our lovely viewers out there in the world would be unfair to give away our team secrets because our team broke both limited and classic constructed and nobody on the team will lose a match the whole weekend so we can't go away giving those kinds of secrets right uh that's there's some truth
1: to that i think (laughs) that basically like a lot of what we would give about the constructed format or the limited format. It's not really ours to give out because like the whole team's been working on it and a lot of our conclusions are based on the efforts of the team. And like just because we do this podcast and we're on a team with them, they didn't sign up for all of their hard work and testing conclusions and stuff to be broadcasted to everybody. So we do have to be pretty careful about what we say regarding the current state of the metagame, the draft format and the CC format. But we can still talk about like general flesh and blood strategy. Just nothing specific to deck lists
0: or matchups which is there's even been instances in the past where there's just been heroes that michael and i have been specifically working on where we thought that nobody else on the team was working on them super hard but then the technology we put in that deck made other people on the team upset because they were super excited about that technology like Wounded Bull, you know, everybody else wanted to put Wounded Bull on all their decks in this example, and then we go talk about Wounded Bull, and then people are like, well, what the heck? I wanted to put Wounded Bull in my deck, and you here you are talking about Wounded Bull in your podcast, so it just creates some really interesting dynamics overall, um, so uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have a lot of content uh, next week, we'll probably release the podcast on Friday, the day of the Pro Tour, and we could probably just talk about our, at least... Michael and I will probably just talk about what heroes we're playing that day or that weekend and what our high level thoughts are. We probably won't go over like the full 80 or anything like that, but um I met we did something very similar for our Pro Tour Lil, right? Yeah. Yeah, where it aired the day of
1: the Pro Tour.
0: Yeah, you were playing we Old Man Old Heim, Old Man, and I was playing Prism and we just talked about why we chose those decks. Yeah. That old-time deck was sweet. Yellow Earthlore Surge, man, what a card. Yeah, my Prism deck was sweet. All the Prism cards, man, what a deck. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, to that note, though, I actually have no goddamn gosh darn GD idea what deck I actually want to play right now. Everything and anything sounds completely miserable to me and I feel and I'm just spiraling I'm just spiraling day after day and I'm like well what about katsu maybe maybe we'll break katsu and I think that was my last one that I could talk about because like it was just my own brain of direction of katsu and I was like let's do this and then we play a bunch of games and I lose all my games and testing and I'm like hm, so my super secret awesome katsu deck is actually not good I don't know what to do anymore so yeah whatever how, how have you been feeling about testing though uh so last weekend we did
1: a bunch of drafts at your house and i was like i don't know what i'm playing class constructed and that's probably bad so then both sunday and monday i spent most of the day just playing a bunch of different cc games with different decks and i feel pretty i don't, I don't want to say i'm locked in on my deck because i could still change it but i I'm leaning pretty heavily towards the deck and I'll probably be locked in in the next probably by this weekend, which is still not a lot of time if I decide to pivot, but I feel pretty comfortable with the deck that I am on and the team has put a lot of work into it. So that
0: helps. Yeah. And there's just so many things about this meta that I guess at like a super high level where no deck Feels like it's super well positioned that like no matter what we take to the pro tour there's not going to be counters or foils to it, and it's just I I've always struggled with the idea of just being cold to certain matchups like in PT Lil like you just took old him knowing you were just going to be cold to Prism that weekend, and I took Prism because I thought at the time. Yeah, I thought I thought at the time I was only called to like fringe decks like Fi. No crazy people are going to take Fi to the Pro Tour where old him's going to be super popular and all these new Ice Heroes came out. And then lo and behold, I play Fi and uh, Briar. And um, Briar, that was not unreasonable, but that matchup I don't think was horrible at the time. Maybe I was crazy, but uh, overall, lots of Prisms did well in that tournament. So I, I still feel confident that that was... At least a decent choice for that weekend, but I don't know, man. This weekend, I just, I just, I just have this pit in the bottom of my stomach. We've talked about this a little bit before, where it's just like, no matter what I pick, it's just going to be a bad choice. I'm going to go. I'm going to lose all my games. I'm going to have a bad time. I'm going to be super sad because I, I care obviously about this. I've invested a lot of time, effort, and energy in it, and um, it just, it just it's hard sometimes dealing with like that ma- mental aspect of preparation.
1: Yeah. When I, you're not the I will champion. say, <laughs> I will say that at some point it probably makes sense to pick one of the decks that we internally think is tier one and just like get reps in it because at that, at some point, like it's just more valuable to have reps and familiarity with your deck than like be the deck that has a slightly better matchup spread. If you're just like not going to have time to be very comfortable with it.
0: And yeah. So, I don't know. I I mean but, like I feel like at a high level though I get how all the heroes in the game work, you know. The Guardians go smash smash, the arrows the Rangers go pew pew with their arrows, you know. I I get I get how the heroes work, you know. I'm not worried about that aspect of it. Uh-huh. So
1: you're saying that Cuz you you're saying Flushing is more
0: complicated than that.
1: You're saying you could take any deck and play it at 100% right now. Any of the decks that we're high on
0: probably not rhinar probably not like the brutes i'm not a brute connoisseur um <laughs> yeah maybe i'll just take Bolton. i don't know that's kind of the idea that's floating around the back of my head just say fuck it I'll take bolton if i'm do ju- if i'm just brooding yeah. and spiraling over everything i might as well just spiral and have a good old time with bolton right frailty tokens don't exist. Sure. No, name a single deck in the format that makes frailty tokens that would be bad for escapeers combo bolton i can't think of one <laughs> mm.
1: yep no frailty tokens in the format that's that's sure true none of them no nope. uh no inertia tokens either no uh no mm-hmm. seeking destroys mm-hmm. no Nope. no frailty tokens no nothing
0: Mm-hmm. just sounds everything great. is just gonna be super protected yep and i'm going to be happy little soul light bolton warrior have a grand old time cool no, i can't I probably can't
1: sounds play. like i mean if you if you are playing Bolton, so, you can't tell everyone for sure until next week you know it's got to be top secret for yeah me. so you have to play I it down I, can, I think i could pretty end safe, bolton at the
0: end. i think i could pretty safely lock in uh not Bolton. And I almost want to say pretty safely, not Dromai because like, I can't imagine like the shit I would get now after being the anti-Dromai <laughs> guy for like the past forever and being like, Oh yeah, but you're going to play Dromai. Like I can't play. I can't. I'm locked out of that hero. It could be the best hero that our team is talking about with like, we finally broke Dromai and I just can't, I can't play it. Like I just, by my rep, I'll, I would never, people would never watch the podcast again if I, if I, uh, my is my deck for the pro tour i'm
1: sure
0: i I don't think that's true i feel like 100 of them (laughs) i feel like it is
1: fine to admit growth and learn from mistakes you've made like i don't know i don't want to talk too much about Drill My, but now it's definitely fine to, to be like yeah i made some made some mistakes i learned from it i'm playing whatever at the pro tour even though i thought it was bad before so it's, it's it's okay to be wrong sometimes. It,
0: it's not okay to be wrong. I know it sometimes.
1: never happens to you, but I, I sometimes I get things wrong and I learn from them and that's pretty valuable. But Yeah. I know you you get everything right the first time. So it must be must be nice.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh But then also, even when I don't agree with you, apparently now I'm the guy who disagrees with the world champion of Flesh and Blood for half of a podcast (laughs) all the day. And I should just sit here studiously and be like, "Mm, yes, Michael. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. You're very smart, Michael. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) I'm going a little off the rails without a topic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to bring up to Britain? Oh, i was a little bit worried about the 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 podcast with no topic episode where we don't have mm-hmm. we can't talk about what we've been working on too much because again the team stuff and don't have anything specific to talk about seems like it could be a recipe for not going anywhere but how do you uh how do you feel about the limited format outside of like strategy
0: advice have you been enjoying playing it um, more than Uprising, that's for sure. I honestly don't know how I feel about it overall still. And I think, I think we've kind of talked about this before. There's still just some awkward tendencies in Limited and Flesh and Blood just by how restrictive the cards are in the decks. And I thought it like the dual class system would just like, like maybe not completely erase that, but like substantially address that. And I don't Mm -hmm. know that it has, like there are still enough like meaningful differences, even in like dual dual class cards that some of the dual class cards might as well just be a single class card because like, I don't know why the other class would take that card um Mm -hmm. and in that regard it's nowhere near as on rails as uprising was but i don't it's still not as freeing as like an experience is like drafting a magic set uh it's like my only other like limited uh frame of reference but what do you think about it
1: yeah i I was thinking kind of similarly where i i do i do miss how flexible you can be in magic where you'd be like very deep into the in a pack one and you're like well i know i'm playing one color but i don't know what my second color could be like the the whole you pick one hero and you get one you only get to play one class of cards just means that like drafting is so much more on rails and picking class cards early on you can never like splash them it's always just a waste to pick if you end up playing something else which doesn't doesn't feel great and kind of just leads to I think the drafting process is just feeling less satisfying because you're never like coming up with something unique. You're just like trying to find what C- what hero you're supposed to be drafting and then just draft the best version of that deck as you can. I do think that the games in this format have felt very good. I think you make a lot of decisions. A lot of your card choices matter. Your sideboard decisions matter. Um, winning the die roll matters. Less than an uprising, I would say, but still quite a bit, which is kind of a big flaw of... Uh, the short games of limited where you start with 20 health and well, or sometimes or less than 20 health or or depending 18. on what hero yeah. you are yeah i think it's just 19 and 17 right there's no 18 riptide and arachne are both 19 and then benji 17 yeah, well, i guess yeah, icelander yeah, was 18 right. but different different format
0: yeah i was thinking i was uh, yeah i was thinking of icelander but she's not in I- outsiders yeah unfortunately so
1: unless there's unless they make a draft format where it's like three heroes that are each two classes i don't think you're ever going to solve that problem of like being able to have a bunch of class cards and not have this issue though i guess you that's that's another direction they could go is just like have a draft format with very few class cards because class cards are locked in but like generics that are good in multiple heroes or talents that are good for multiple heroes could work
0: what about just one talent per set like a single singularly talented set this way you could have the talent cards the generic cards and then the class cards and then just kind of uh focus on developing the talent pretty heavily in that space instead like in tales of aria it was almost like that right because the elements were just so fundamental to like each hero's overall game strategy and like, usually it dictated kind of like what style of like deck you were been playing like the earth decks were usually more aggressive, the ice decks were usually a little bit more controlling. And then the lightning decks were just trying to put their foot on the gas usually. And I think focusing on the talent in that set, even though the talent was like stratified overall. I think it still helped smooth over a lot of like the the class issues overall because then there are also like just the base generic elemental cards as well that any of the heroes could play as well. So I don't know.
1: Yeah i I do think that drafting Tales of Aria was probably one of the my favorite formats to like actually go through the drafting process where like it felt like you could pivot a lot. It felt like you weren't committed before you wanted to be and even once you were committed you still had like a lot of interesting decisions where like you're like do I want this earth card do I want this ice card or do I want this guardian card or do I want this generic and that happened a lot I think all the equipment well, were being were no playable tales of Aria. there were no
0: generics
1: there were no generics okay pretend there. I didn't say generics <laughs> sure sure El- elementals elemental 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 essentially the of, yeah, yeah that's what I meant by generic mm-hmm. but it's something that all Gen- generic elementals like sure sure but <laughs> that and also i think equipment being playable every single equipment piece was playable by no it wasn't there were still single class equipment never mind
0: scratch and that. There, were, there was generic equipment as well i guess by that they're like deep blue is like the gold standard of generic equipment and that's that right yeah
1: but i think the games of outsiders are very good i think you make a lot of decisions in every game and a lot of the time those small decisions like for like one or two extra points of value end up making the difference. Making threat preservation decisions matters a lot in the format because it goes to second cycle. I think the games themselves are just very good. I just still feel like the drafting process leaves something to be desired.
0: Yeah. And it's not like I was trying to think like maybe sealed if there was maybe a way to just like develop a better sealed experience in lieu of draft maybe that might be something worth also developing and looking into because i know there are some pretty for whatever issues that we have in draft um in the last two sets i think uprising sealed was like so bad that they didn't even make a limited calling for sealed and it was almost featured uh like nowhere in limited formats at all and this sealed formats like fine but even when we were like just in pre-release weekend people are like well assassin's just broken you just get a million three block assassin cards and no other classes can like deal with it because the overall power level of that format is so flat so what do you think about like maybe trying to design a limited format around sealed specifically
1: yeah I, i think that would be really cool i think sealed is like a great format for callings i and any any big organized open play where you can't really like reasonably run 50 drafts or whatever what for a full sealed at the pro tour
0: or world or something like that
1: i i would love that actually like a pro tour that like day one is sealed and then day two is cc or something that would be that would be wonderful i think a
0: or like worlds would be like sealed draft cc and then maybe blitz but <laughs> who knows
1: yeah sealed gets a bad rap for being kind of high variance but I I actually think sealed is generally reasonably lower variance than draft and Mm -hmm. basically like draft you don't you don't have enough information in this game before you're like locked into a class whereas sealed you get all the information and then you make your decision about what your class is going to be what hero you're playing what your deck is going to look like where you have all the information to choose from and like the bombs in this game are not that much better than like the best cards in the game are better than the worst cards, obviously. And you do get a lot of, like you can't open a better pool than someone else, but like a lot of the time you're getting a lot of equity by just maximizing your pool. And that's something that is very easy to overlook, or it's very easy to think that something is the best, but actually these synergies would make something else better. And it's very, if if the sealed format is reasonably balanced where it's not like, the formats where it's you're almost always one hero which to be fair has been our last three sealed formats of this game and hmm. uprising you're almost always fi and tells you're almost always briar and in this format you're almost always usury um that's not great but if, if this set is designed to create good sealed pools where you make a lot of interesting decisions about what hero you should be and building your deck for that i think that would be a very good spot for the game and designing for sealed i think sealed is much more accessible than draft because you only need two people to do a sealed whereas you need a pot of eight to do a draft I, I just think sealed would be a good direction for the game and yeah cutting I, out the drafting been. process cutting out the drafting process which isn't great but still getting to play good games of limited i think is another win
0: yeah sorry go ahead um i actually and we, you just mentioned the. That- Previous three, but weirdly, but and coolly, there is going to be a sealed monarch uh, battle hardened that I think we're eyeing to go to just because we love sealed and limited so much. I have that case of monarch behind me now for us to crack open and start getting some monarch sealed uh, going in the next month or so after the pro tour. So, which
1: which events deep dive
0: into monarch limited?
1: Which event is monarch sealed?
0: Uh, Is that Pittsburgh? That's a battle hardened. Um, it's the event that has, it's in that city on a weekend. <laughs> you know, Pittsburgh.
1: One. I don't I think, think it's because Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Baltimore were the only battle hardens I remember
0: that we were going to Pittsburgh does have a sealed, uh, sealed. I think we're going to Pittsburgh, I'm not sure
1: if that was ever locked in. I assume it's the current format then.
0: What was this Monarch say. sealed event? I don't... I swear there was a Monarch I thought
1: that sealed. was like a side event, like a ProQuest event afterwards for something. Or a PTI event, not a ProQuest event.
0: I swear to you that there was a Monarch <laughs> sealed event that I saw with my eyes, and I bought a case of Monarch Unlimited to practice... And maybe it's... In, I think it might...
1: Yeah, because we need to learn the, how to play Levia uh-huh. still and change. Well, I
0: think we'll be better at it now because we actually know something about pitch stacking. And I think that's what Levia requires. Um, oh, the PTI tournament in Cincinnati on July 16th is Monarch Sealed.
1: Oh, sick. Yeah. That's close. Cool. Definitely will be there
0: for the Battle Hardened and yeah. PTI event. May 27. Close in distance, not in when it mm-hmm. happens. May twenty-seventh, Pittsburgh Brawl. Saturday is the battle art. Oh, Sat the no. I'm confused now. Oh, the brawl in Pittsburgh is class constructed. And then Sunday, the PTI event is um outsider sealed. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that that was most of the reason why I wanted to go to that, just because I know I wasn't going to do well in the Battle Harden. So I might as well just go and try to have some fun in the Sealed. I am glad that they are having some Sealed events as
1: just part of tournaments. I think Uprising didn't have enough limited, and outside no, of the Pro Tour and Nationals and Worlds, but like there were enough like small events that had Uprising limited.
0: Yeah, and I still maintain that if the limited format in Uprising was better, I might have been convinced to go to Worlds, but um, there was just a confluence of decisions that made me not want to go, and that was definitely one of them. I was It's not 100% of the reason. It's not you like I didn't Blitz go exclusively. Too, right? Yeah, it was like Blitz, the limited format, um, and I was tired of traveling, and I love my son, and... Uh yeah, something's pick another fifth secret reason. Fifth secret reason. Yep, that's the one. Whatever you just okay. thought of, that's it. You know it.
1: I was like flights weren't particularly cheap. <laughs> I don't know. Um good, good secret last reason. Mm-hmm. So you've been stuck trying to figure out what you want to play in class constructed. Why do you think you haven't found a deck
0: yet? Um I think just speaking personally I hate mirrors and I think mm. particularly I mean it'd be pretty disingenuous to say like we hadn't even considered oldheim or at this point and like so oldheim's pretty low on my like radar overall because like I hate mirrors and everybody knows oldheim's good it just depends on like what build you're going with he just won the last battle, Harden, and there's so many different ways to build him between the fatigue and the aggressive and the mid range. And but like, no matter what you're doing, it just feels like every game is just like, like there's a reason why Michael Fang calls him Eeyore, right? Because you're just sitting there mopeily, just just blocking and swinging a efficient thing, and just blocking and swinging efficient thing, and like, it's not the most engaging flesh and blood one person can play, unless you disagree.
1: Nope, i don't disagree i know oldheim has never been uh one of your favorite heroes
0: yeah and then i just look at everything else but there's a lot of yeah and i'm just like i was gonna say there's there's definitely some some
1: decks that are not oldheim that
0: the team is very high on so yeah but i just look at them and i'm I, like how do you ever beat oldheim like and like how do you ever beat this deck and how do you ever beat like Mm -hmm. azalea how dominating a big arrow at you and how do you ever beat kano that's gonna storm you out on turn two and it's just like (sighs) okay it's just it's just it's just (laughs) one of those things man i don't know what to tell you why have you been struggling what about you why do you have have i've been struggling because
1: i spent I spent a lot of time working on decks that ended up not being good enough. And then I spent a lot of time working on limited too. So I felt like I just like honestly didn't have enough time that I sat down and working on a deck that would probably be good. And that's kind of why I was struggling for so long. I spent some time working on, I guess a few heroes that I don't want to rule out as heroes that I'm playing, but I spent some time working on some heroes that ultimately I don't think are good enough currently.
0: And well, I feel even more hopeless now. Yeah. If the person whose full-time job is flesh and blood and doesn't have a day job traditionally and didn't have time to test enough in flesh blood to figure out class constructed, I don't know how a person like me with a baby and a job and, uh, and uh, also flesh and blood stuff and preparing for law school and all this other stuff I have going on could ever have time to figure out class constructed on flesh and blood. I should abandon all ye well, that- flesh and blood participants, abandon hope here. Well that
1: that's why we have the team right because one person doesn't you can't figure it out on your own that's why you have a team to help figure it out and when i spent my time working on my projects that were not good enough some some teammates had projects that were good enough and i just got to pivot to their stuff
0: and yeah but isn't that just stealing their work hmm. isn't that just plagiarism yep.
1: being on a team is literally just stealing that's <laughs> here here
0: first you are here first Michael loves stealing other people's ideas. He didn't even come up with Wounded Bull.
1: I <laughs> I will take credit for coming up with Wounded Bull. That was a project that did pan out, in my opinion. I, I played okay. my draft, my draft, Icelander decks, and we put the stupid Finals Fighting Spirit in. I'm like, this is the best card in the deck. And then I'm like, played it and constructed it. It was still the best card in the deck, but outside of Red Ice Vein. Red Ice Vein's very good, but Finals Fighting Spirit, quite good. Could not play. Uh, eight copies of Red Finals Fighting Spirit, unfortunately. So we had to find Worst Finals Fighting Spirit and Bowl is good enough.
0: Yeah. Just as... And that was the other reason why I wanted to play Katsu because then I could just force Katsu Unlimited and force Katsu in Classic Instructed and then you get the dual class, the double class, double hero synergy and you get a power boost, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what you are experiencing.
1: And then you play Katsu in Blitz and that's how you win.
0: Is he good in Blitz? I don't know. I know so little about Blitz. No, I would believe no. that he's not.
1: But. No, basically. So we can talk a little bit about Blitz. But Blitz on hits are so much worse because a lot of heroes just have a lot of armor. You have the same amount of armor as you mm-hmm. do in CC, but you have half the life. So it's just so hard to rely on on hits to do very much in Blitz, and that's why we don't see the Rangers doing as well in Blitz because, again, they have they don't have armor, but they also have to work through the same amount of armor and half as much time to get their on hits to start mattering. And that's tough. And then there's also wizards that just kill them.
0: Maybe I should just be a wizard still. Can't be that bad. Okay. Maybe I can learn Kano in a week. He's not that complicated. Right
1: yeah yeah. It's, it's, I, mean, it, I, I, I do think I do think you could be playing Kano proficiently in a week pretty easily
0: yeah I, you just flip the cards off the top to... of your deck and you play exclusively on your opponent's turn because you never want to play on your own turn and you just try to yolo Kano as much as possible and you don't keep track of anything and you want to shuffle your deck as much as possible and you never block and then you play Kano right? I'm They're much less confident
1: in you being able to play Kano proficiently in a week <laughs> But actually, you were just saying all the things you know not to do. So I did? therefore, oh, crazy. Yeah, you know, you know, you don't do those things. So you know the basics to Kano. You just need to get the reps in and get the practice, and you could
0: definitely play Kano at the
1: Pro Tour. Yeah,
0: if Sasha and Hayden could see me now and Brendan too, because on PT one they were focusing so much on Kano. I was like, Kano, I will never learn this hero. He's an imaginary hero, and now I actually had to bite the bullet and learn Kano at some point. It was sad. Mm -hmm. but they won't be at this pro tour so at least we know there's like three good kano players not playing kano there assume presumably sasha's not playing either i don't think so i'm pretty sure he's not i could be wrong i haven't reached out to him directly but uh i know hayden's definitely not going and brendan's like a caster guy now that's what i should have done man i should have just i should have messaged the team over at LSS and be like, just let me cast, and then I can't lose. I'll lo- I, thought, I lose zero matches. I thought you did not want to cast. I thought you were. That was before I didn't. I I realized I don't know how to play Flesh and Blood. If I would have known back then that I don't know how to play Flesh and Blood, I would have been gotten into casting. You know. Well, I will
1: say it's it's too late for this tournament, but it's definitely not too late to get into casting if that's what your heart desires.
0: Maybe, just maybe. We get a lot of reps on Manor University that all of our patrons get access to on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> Where we talk about some of the best games in Flesh and Blood and discuss and break down all the high-level plays turn by turn.
1: Yeah, we, we, do, we do do that once a week on Manor University for our patrons. Um,
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And so... What about this whole uh experience that's happening with the wolf as far as uh the tales of Alex guy, the content creator, you know, he's creating the wolf pack documentary. You 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 know of this now, right? Uh yes, but is that public? Yeah. He's uh, as long as his Twitter is public, I would assume.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I did not know if... Okay, yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. I think, like, uh, Alex is a really cool guy that makes some great content. Check him out if you haven't. And um, We
0: met him in Lille, right? Yeah. I think he stayed at our same hotel and we saw him at breakfast or something. Yeah, I met him at Lille, and
1: I think I'm pretty sure I also talked to him at Worlds.
0: That sounds like a thing you could do.
1: I feel like that happened. I... A lot of that weekend is a blur, but I'm pretty sure that's a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. He's going to kind of hang out with us for the weekend, kind of record us practicing stuff, put it together, make a cool video about the Wolfpack. And I really like the Wolfpack. I think like they're all good guys and it'll be cool to have, um, basically a video highlighting like the team and some of our dynamics and interactions stuff out there. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I'm curious, like how he'll, it'll actually all break out, especially given the size of our team. Like, I think it'll be difficult to showcase everybody on the team equally, and I don't even know if that's going to be the goal because, you know, I'm sure he's going to want to focus on our celebrities like Michael Hamilton, the world champion of Flesh and Blood, like more so than anybody else. So, are you ready to be in the limelight again? <laughs> I'm fine with
1: it. I hope that it's not so focused on me and it's more focused on like the team and team interactions and I can be part of that. But I, yeah, I don't know.
0: Let's talk about that aspect too. Are you sure you're not like super nervous about this pro tour? Because it's the last like infinity gauntlet jewel missing on your, on your gauntlet. Right. At this point you have, you have the nationals, you have the, the calling, you have the worlds, you just need, the pro tour, and then you could snap all the other flesh and blood players out of existence.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do not want to snap people out of existence, especially flesh and blood players. Cause like the game will just die if there's no players. Right. So that seems like a bad decision, but I, I would lo- love to win a pro tour and get the last kind of like big event check Mark done, but I don't really feel nervous about it. I think like as well as I have done in events is, like I've said this a bunch of times, but even if you're the best player by a reasonable amount, my results are like way above and beyond what you'd expect, even if that was the case. So
0: So you're saying I could secretly be a really good player and then my results are just way below what people would expect at this point? I mean, you you have a you have a calling top four. I think your
1: results are good. You've got a lot of top thirty twos. So I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but that was that. You know how it goes, though. If you do anything at, at the calling at the same weekend as US Nationals, the results don't count. You know? No. Because you That's won the calling in Orlando, and people are just like, who cares about this Michael Hamilton guy? He won a nobody calling in Orlando. We're never hearing from that calling winner ever again. I messaged Flake and I was like, Flake, you should interview Michael. And he was like, nah, I don't care about that nobody. I want Tariq Patel, the cool people. And I was like, oh, that's a shame, Flake. But not Zach. And by the time I messaged Zach, I was like, ooh, Zach, uh, I'm friends with Michael and we're a big fan. And he won the calling in Orlando and he's really good at flesh and blood. And he was like, ooh, I'm a nice guy and I will actually talk to you and give you the time of day. And he didn't. And he was super nice. And now we're on a team with him. Look at how that happened.
1: Yeah, Zach's Zach's really cool. We had him on last episode. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. But I think that, I guess before we joined the Wolfpack, I was like kind of uncertain because we haven't had had much luck with teams and stuff, but I knew Zach was nice and there were some people on there that I knew. Um, Matt Coles being probably the biggest one that I really talked to before we joined. And I'm glad everything worked out and we joined the team and I really appreciate Zach Picking us in basically
0: yeah it's been a good experience results have gone well for uh everybody on the team overall i mean like not everybody can win every event but i think overall like we have like an insane amount of like top 32 finishes right
1: yeah definitely and also like the battle hardened circuit and like
0: oh yeah with brody and michael fang and dave all crushing it out there now spoilers Mm -hmm. they're all on our team so (laughs) and even if you look back at, I
1: think, U.S. Nationals, we had two people in, I think, the Battle Harden Top 8, which was really cool, too, that weekend. And we had someone in the calling Top 8 at Worlds, too. So I think, like, we haven't won every event, but our results have been quite good.
0: Yeah. Brody choked in the last event. He could have won. He could have taken home, but he didn't. Shame on you, Brody. Oh. Do better next time. What? The Battle Harden, right? In Richmond? He Didn't he make Top 4? But he lost. Yeah, him, he made, uh, oh, he made top time. four. Yeah, he, he needed to he, win two he, more matches. He did very well. Nah, Actually, not well enough. He lost. He headed. lost in top four. <sighs> it's an it's, a, it's an event that the Wolfpack can never go back and win again. Now it's gone to us forever. Dave at least picked up the slack and won the PTI event the next day. So good job, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> The goal is to have a Wolfpack member win every single event for the rest of time, right? That's that's the team motto. When Zach was going over the rules, right, it was a Wolfpack I, member must win an event. For I the can't rest remember of time. the
1: exact language of our goals, but that is not what the goals are. We just, hmm. we're here because we love the game. We want to do well at the game. We want to be proud of how we played and the things that we do basically not like you have to win results are everything we like results come if you put in the work and you i don't know have the right mentality you get...
0: you're you so nice yeah. michael you're so Thanks. you're such you're such a good offsetting to my trolley spikiness you know i'm huh. glad you're my friend
1: <laughs> i'm glad you're my friend too
0: <laughs> <laughs> any final thoughts before we start wrapping things up
1: Gosh. Uh, I don't think so. I feel like I'm kind of just ready to let it go. This is a short
0: episode. It'll definitely go down on our list of videos and podcast episodes as one of them. That's for sure. I don't think it'll be the worst one. And I don't even think it's that bad. Hopefully my trolling antics are amusing to enough people. And if not, they can just skip in and come in for the next one. You know, no yeah, hard really- feelings. really looking forward to the next one where we can
1: kind of talk about what we expect the metagame to be like and kind of like talk a little bit more about draft format and yeah it'll be it'll be nice to kind of be able to talk more about what we've learned and less like this has to stay top secret because team stuff and Yeah. yeah that's not i'd say that's not really what i got into um creating content for that's something that i really don't enjoy and You kind of saw it before where we talked about our Icelander list before that calling in Indianapolis a couple months ago. Mm. And this one is different because again, it's not our work. It's the team's work. And that's not really fair for us to share. So got to keep it a little more, a little more close to the chest or however, whatever the saying is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the saying. Tight lipped, close to the vest. You did it. Maybe, maybe we should go back to just a Michael and Roger tag team duo for an event. Maybe for worlds. Let's just let's just go you and me, buddy. Roger and Michael, uh, against the world. I I think like
1: I really enjoy testing with the Wolfpack and having the Wolfpack to work with, and I also think it like drastically increases our equity in the events, just like having such a good testing team to work with and prepare with. So I would prefer not to do that. Maybe we. Could I don't go. know.
0: I don't know, Michael. You won. Two callings when it was just the Michael and Roger show, and you've only won one calling since you've joined the Wolfpack. So I mean, like, the results speak for themselves <laughs> at this point. I
1: don't, how many callings have I played since I joined the Wolfpack?
0: I think two. it's one. one What's yes, the other one? One. No, you're right. You're right. It's one. Yeah, and you've won that one. But how many callings did you play before you joined the Wolfpack? Too. I think and you four. Won the- <laughs> I think four.
1: Oh yeah, so that's I played right. Cincinnati, I played Orlando, I played Indianapolis, and I played Vegas.
0: Oh, yeah. I forget. I always forget that I sent you to Vegas on an espionage mission for t- telling me all the <laughs> secrets of the format. But I forget about that weekend. Yeah, that was not, that my, doesn't best. Count. That was not it, my best. Yeah, that wasn't my best my weekend. And I didn't was work with you for six that weekend. That uh, was not a Michael and Roger show. That was a Michael... <laughs> and two other people show that that's on them that's not on me <laughs> okay okay
1: my my highlight that weekend was the the sealed pre-release where i played phi and opened two legendary equipment and just won all the games of all the five mirrors and sealed are you that saying was... that you're lucky michael yeah i
0: would never believe that
1: i would never yeah. deny someone saying i am lucky i am a very lucky person
0: that's fair and I'm an unlucky person. I can't think of anything good that's ever happened to me ever about anything. Every time I cast a Sonata, I whiff. Right. Every time I have the defense reaction at Arsenal, they have the CNC pummel. Every time I play the Kano, they have the Oasis respite. 100% of the time. And that's the only thing that matters and nothing else in my life has ever gone right.
1: Sorry, Angela. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this one. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Are you, you gonna sign off? No, you, I'm not do doing it. it. You do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's thanks everybody turn. for listening. And always remember when you're um, keeping things close to the chest and complaining about your bad luck to mind your manners. See you next time.